Hello friends, welcome to the podcast. Have you ever wondered why the hell there is life on earth? Why do humans exist? Why do organisms exist? Why do trees exist? Plants exist? Different sort of insects, reptiles, birds and mammals exist on earth. What is the purpose? Maybe you might not have thought about it sitting silently one fine day and deliberately thinking about such issues but mankind since its inception or since its cultural inception has tried to reason and ponder over this basic question and all our mythologies basically try to give an answer to the fundamental creation of earth why it happened why this world exists and why do humans exist in this and what is going to happen after our death that is the fundamental stories which all the mythologies across the world build and furthermore over which different religious structures have evolved over a period of time so in christian mythology god created different set of creatures on different days of the week and finally he created man similarly in the hindu mythology brahma created different set of creatures or jeeves and even in humans different communities or jatis or varn of humans as in hindu mythology were created by different body parts of brahma which is fine and these stories would continue to fascinate us long in future but one fine day in the 19th century a gentleman named charles darwin came up and he gave up and he propagated or for the first time gave the theory of evolution which was unique simple but profound which in a way elaborated that how life evolved from a single celled organism to the most complex beings like us over centuries and millions and millions of years of time so theory of evolution became the fundamental principles of modern biology and the modern scholars of biology since last two centuries evolved their understanding based on the darwinian principles of natural selection natural selection meaning those species and those individuals who are the fittest would survive in nature but the subject of biology further evolved and in and in the mid 20th century we were able to decipher the building block of life which is the dna the struct its structure was revealed and we were far better placed to understand the mechanics of human life or a- a- any life in general so basically now we know that each cell of our bodies or any organism's body has dna in its nucleus which in a way is the build sorry the building block of a particular individual isko aisa samajh sakte hain ki jo dna hai that is the architectural plan of the building also the rule book also maybe the project plan of the building ki pehle kya hoga uske baad kitne dino baad next layer would be uh, cemented then the new, the next floor would be constructed and then acs and ventilation systems would be installed in a particular building and imagine that that copy of architectural drawings and those rule books are present in the every room of the multi storied building which we have created that is how we can conceptualize dna but why are we discussing this so so classical darwinian biologist usually chose to discuss those genes whose phenotype or consequences benefit or penalize the survival and reproduction of the whole body
okay probably this is getting a bit complex so i'll try to simplify it i hope i am able to express the central idea so humne dekha ki hamare har cell mein ek dna hai which is the part of the nucleus and dna ke strands milkar hamare genes banate hain so gene is nothing but a strand of dna which every organism has so humans have 23 pairs of chromosomes half of them we receive from our father and half of them we receive from our mother aur aasan way mein agar hum isko visualize karna chahe to what we can imagine is ki aapke samne 23 volumes rakhe hue hain starting from left to right volume 1a and similarly you have volume 1b so वॉल्यूम वन टू ट्वेंटी थ्री एंड उनके दो पार्ट्स हो सकते हैं वॉल्यूम वन ए वॉल्यूम वन बी वॉल्यूम टू ए वॉल्यूम टू बी सो वॉल्यूम वन ए वॉल्यूम टू ए अप टू वॉल्यूम ट्वेंटी थ्री ए तो ये जो तेईस किताबें हैं जो आपके सामने दिख रही हैं दिस लेट से यू हैव रिसीव फ्राम योर फादर एंड वॉल्यूम वन बी वॉल्यूम टू बी अप टू वॉल्यूम ट्वेंटी थ्री बी आर द सेट ऑफ क्रोमोजोम्स विच यू हैव रिसीव फ्राम योर मदर so together these are the two sets of genes which you have inherited from your parents so now it is possible for example that volume 13a which is from your father's side has a page number 6 which is dedicated to the color of your hair so it might say from the father's side brown and the same page number 6 from volume 13b on the mother's side may say black so that's how that particular page number in that particular volumes two volumes would determine your what kind of color you would you have so that you would have a gene for your either black color black colored hair or blonde hair or maybe brown hair similarly for your eye color and certain other features ना वन हैज़ टू रियलाइज़ एक बात हमें ये समझना चाहिए कि एक वन टू वन मैपिंग नहीं होती है जैसे हमने कहा वॉल्यूम थर्टीन ए वाली किताब उठाई उसके पेज नंबर सिक्स पर जो एक जीन की कोडिंग लिखी हुई है वो केवल काले रंग के बालों के लिए होती है बिकॉज वॉल्यूम थर्टीन ए पेज सिक्स वुड इंटरेक्ट एंड ऑल्सो इंटरेक्ट इंटरप्ले विथ मे बी सम अदर पेज नंबर एन अदर वॉल्यूम विच वुड in a way determine your height or maybe the kind of body hair you might have or the kind of eyesight you might have so ek one to one mapping nahi hoti gene ki characteristics ke sath aur jo characteristics jo consequences gene ke dwara dikhaye jate hain body mein chahe human ki body ho ya sare jis bhi organism ki unko phenotype kaha jata hai so phenotype is the consequence which a particular gene exhibits on द इंडिविजुअल सो एक जीन के मल्टीपल फिनोटाइपिक इफेक्ट्स हो सकते हैं एज आई सेड देर कैन नॉट देर इज नॉट वन जीन फॉर अ पर्टिकुलर आई साइट और अ पर्टिकुलर ईयर शेप और द काइंड ऑफ मसल स्ट्रक्चर वन हैज डिफरेंट सेट ऑफ जीन्स इंटरेक्ट एंड इंटरप्ले टू क्रिएट द काइंड ऑफ इंडिविजुअल अ पर्सन इज तो अब हम वापस आते हैं उस बात पर कि जो डार्विन की थ्योरी है एवोल्यूशन की और नेचुरल सिलेक्शन की और उसके बेसिस पे जो बायोलॉजिस्ट जो रिसर्च शुरुआती दौर में हुई वह ह्यूमन सेंट्रिक थी या वह इंडिविजुअल सिलेक्शन के बेसिस पे थी विच मीन्स कि हम उसको जीन्स के लेवल पर ना समझते हुए स्पीशीज़ या ग्रुप के लेवल पर ज़्यादा समझ रहे थे जो बहुत पॉपुलर फ्रेज है सर्वाइवल ऑफ द फिटेस्ट उसका एक मिसकंसेप्शन ये हो जाता है कि ऐसा प्रतीत होता है कि हम स्पीशीज़ के सर्वाइवल के लिए जी रहे हैं अर्थात जो स्पीशीज़ के कॉन्स्टिट्यूंट इंडिविजुअल्स हैं जो भी स्पीशीज़ हो ह्यूमन स्पीशीज़ या मैमल की स्पीशीज़ या बर्ड्स की स्पीशीज़ वह अपनी लाइफ इसलिए जी रहे हैं कि एक मेच्योर फेज में आने के बाद दे विल प्रोड्यूस ऑफ स्प्रिंग एंड दैट विल फर्दर कंटिन्यू द स्पीशीज़ हमारे केस में ह्यूमन स्पीशीज़ 
टाइगर के केस में टाइगर की स्पीशीज विच इज़ नॉट द केस क्योंकि अगर ऐसा होता कि हम स्पीशीज़ के हित की बात कर रहे होते तो पूरी दुनिया में मनुष्यों के इतने बंटवारे हिंसा लड़ाइयाँ वॉर जंग नहीं होती एंड अनादर मेजर थाट विच इन्फ्लुएंस द बायोलॉजिस्ट वॉज दैट दे अंडरस्टूड एंड एक्सप्लेन्ड इवोल्यूशन एट द इंडिविजुअल लेवल इंडिविजुअल लेवल से मतलब ये है कि हम उन जीन्स पर ज़्यादा फोकस हुआ उनकी स्टडी पर या उनके थ्रू इवोल्यूशन को समझाने के लिए जिसमें या जिन जीन्स के कारण ओवरऑल इंडिविजुअल के रिप्रोडक्टिव सक्सेस होने की प्रॉबिलिटी ज़्यादा हो जाती है तो जो जीन्स या सेट ऑफ जीन्स जिनके कारण इस तरह के बॉडी बॉडी बिहेवियर एंड स्ट्रक्चरल चेंजेस एक्वायर हुए जिनके थ्रू रिप्रोडक्टिव सक्सेस बढ़ती और रिप्रोडक्टिव सक्सेस बढ़ने के कारण पूरी ऑर्गेनिज्म की का बेनिफिट होता उनके ऊपर फोकस ज़्यादा रहा था फॉर एग्जांपल लेट्स से लेपर्ड सो इफ़ यू आर एबल टू आइडेंटिफाई अ जीन ऑफ फास्टर रनिंग इन द लेपर्ड सो वॉट वुड दैट डू इट विल इंक्रीज द स्पीड ऑफ द लेपर्ड वाइल इट इज़ चेजिंग अ प्रे so what does this translate into that it will translate into more successful catching of prey which means more successful life more successful reproductive uh, reproductive offsprings in longer term so the gene for faster running in a way helps all the genes other genes in the body of a leopard so it evolution then got understood or primarily got explained by focusing on these narrow set of traits or behaviors which might be helpful for the overall genes in a particular individual par aisa bhi ho sakta hai ki genes may work at cross purposes so there might be a gene which in a way wants to propagate itself jab hum aisa kehte hain ki gene wants to propagate itself iska ye arth nahi hota ki a particular gene is consciously thinking of replicating more and expanding itself or its proportion in the gene pool there is no conscious thought involved in it because it's not a living being the way we conceptualize a human is the only conscious organism is the human par genes are trying to propagate themselves in the gene pool and it may so happen that what might be good for an individual gene might not be good for the overall gene pool of an organism aisa bhi ho sakta hai and scientists found the examples of that as well so which doesn't then explains evolution at the individual or at the group level so if we look from conventional biological perspectives organisms are given वो तो मतलब है ही बट इन डूइंग सो वी मिस द फंडामेंटल क्वेश्चन एंड दैट इज वाई डू ऑर्गेनिजम्स एग्जिस्ट क्योंकि अगर हम जीन की दृष्टि से देखें सो फ्रॉम दैट व्यू पॉइंट दर इज नो पॉइंट दैट वाई डू वी हैव सच कॉम्प्लेक्स ऑर्गेनिजम्स ऑन अर्थ इट शुड हैव बीन दैट सेम प्राइमरीली माइक्रो ऑर्गेनिजम्स और द इनिशियल जो एलिमेंट्स अर्थ के एटमोसफेयर या अर्थ के जो सरफेस पर थे इट शुड हैव कंटिन्यूड इन दैट वे सो वाई इज देयर सच ए कॉम्प्लेक्सिटी ऑफ ऑर्गेनिजम्स ऑन अर्थ इज अ फंडामेंटल क्वेश्चन सो दिस इज एक्सप्लेन बाय द कॉन्सेप्ट ऑफ द सेल्फिश जीन व्हिच इज द टाइटल ऑफ द एपिसोड एंड इट हैज बीन टेकन फ्रॉम अ वंडरफुल बुक विच वॉज विच हैज बीन अ बेस्ट सेलर ऑफ शॉर्ट्स Uh, by the famous biologist Richard Dawkins this book was written in 1976 and it has been published multiple times and reprinted and translated in many languages so what this book did in the late 70s and obviously after in 80s 90s and in the early years of 2000 uh, the genetic studies had advanced to a considerable level 
so as to we now know the whole human geno uh, genetic sequence but richard dawkins book put the spotlight and focus of understanding evolution through the concept of the selfish gene and removing our focus from the individual or group or species so according to mr dawkins gene is the fundamental unit through which we have to study uh, the basic evolutionary processes and as the name suggests selfish gene which means that there would be certain propensity of certain kind of genes which we will find in the nature because genes or those particular genes would try to propagate themselves Cert certain of them would be successful the rest would not be so so mr dawkins is very persuasively arguing that biologically we are designed to be selfish and not altruistic arthat hum biologically apne swarth ke liye designed hai and not for parupkar of others if we translate it in hindi we do show limited altruism and that also according to dawkins is explained through the concept of selfish gene just as i said in the last sentence i use the pronoun we that we are designed biologically to be selfish so this we signifies the human centric approach in which we analyze things uh, the proper usage should not be we but the organisms in general across species are designed in such a way would be better way to put it so what what dr dawkins is advocating he clearly says that he is not advocating a morality based on evolution that means ki hum biologically ya by default hum mein selfish traits hone ki sambhavna zyada hai to we should be selfish that is not he is saying on on the contrary he makes the argument that yes we should teach generosity and altruism as biologically we are less inclined to exhibit such traits all of the time and there is another misconception which he clears and which is that genetically inherited traits are by definition fixed and unmodifiable matlab ye common argument diya jata hai ki uske to matlab genes hi aise hain either for brilliance this argument is given for brilliance as well and for someone who may not be so intelligent or had some particular habits or traits uske liye bhi ye argument diya jata hai which is not so because as we discussed some time back that it's not one to one mapping that you have a certain gene sequence so you would be of higher intelligence or maybe if you have another gene sequence you would be of short height there are multiple factors which affect those and again because if we argue in that way that gene genetic traits are completely non negotiable or one which we cannot work around then it becomes a very defeatist outlook because then we will just say that we have been programmed like this we can't do anything about it so it becomes negative and it becomes hopeless at times and dawkins mr dawkins is also staying away from the nature versus culture argument so nature versus culture argument gets reflected in many debates which is again about nature which refers to your what biologically you have been endowed with and culture or nurture means the kind of environment resources society which you live in which caters to you and by living through it you develop yourself again primarily this is again the nature culture divide again signifies the human centric analysis which we do to all the fields so mr dawkins advises against taking extreme position okay 
So we cannot reject genes altogether. That is also not possible. And we should also not be defeatist in regards to your biological endowment. And he also makes a point that he is not giving a descriptive account of human behavior. What his analysis is, and this is quite an old book, a lot of new literature has come up after it, but it's a fascinating book and that's why we are discussing it. He is giving an account as to what sort of genes and gets populated in a in the environment or in the nature across species and what are the strategies through which it happens so let's take a quick break and then we will discuss the basic points examples of selfish behavior which we find in nature and also the examples of altruistic behavior which we find in nature Welcome back friends. Let's start by discussing how life might have originated on earth. It's a fascinating story because earth is unique in this sense. It's like one out of billion of probability that the kind of life we have on earth. What are the reasons for it? Primarily it is at an optimum distance from the star which is the sun in our case. So the temperature is neither too warm and neither too cold. And secondly, Earth's gravitational pull is decent enough or optimum enough to have an atmosphere. So it holds all the gases which are in the Earth's atmosphere. And thirdly, there are presence of mainly the elements carbon, hydrogen, oxygen and nitrogen. So under these unique circumstances, certain first of all compounds would have been formed by these carbon hydrogen oxygen and nitrogen and which would have led to the creation of first set of molecules so to say now to populate there would be a requirement to copy a particular molecule so mr dawkins is a very interesting term for all of us basically he says that the main the key thing is the replicator and we all let's say humans or any organism whether mammal or bird or insect or a reptile is a survival machine so it he calls us the survival machines or Obviously, we are the most complex and most nuanced version of survival machine on Earth. But what he says is the replicators, replicator, which means the copying sequence, resides in the survival machines and navigates through life. So when life would have started or the early organic compounds would have been formed, what might have been the quality traits of a good replicator? मतलब जो कॉपी करने का सीक्वेंस या जो शुरुआती कंपाउंड बना जो अपने आप को मल्टीपल टाइम्स कॉपी करके अपनी पॉपुलेशन बढ़ाता जा रहा है उसके क्या ट्रेड्स हो सकते हैं तो उसकी ट्रेड्स की ट्रेड्स और सर्वाइवल के लिए ज़रूरी ट्रेड्स ये होंगे कि उसमें एक लॉन्गिटिविटी हो अर्थात एक स्टेबिलिटी हो ऑफ द औरिजिनल मॉलिक्यूल इट्स लाइक बेसिक केमिस्ट्री प्रमाइज दैट द स्टेबल द मोर स्टेबल मॉलिक्यूल सर्वाइव अगर वो अनस्टेबल होगा तो डिसइंटीग्रेट हो जाएगा अलग कंपाउंड में एंड सेकंड इज़ द स्पीड ऑफ रेप्लीकेशन ऑब्वियसली वह कंपाउंड वुड बी मोर एबल टू प्रोपोगेट द सरफेस और द होल एरिया व्हिच मल्टीप्लाइज फास्ट एंड थर्ड वुड बी द एक्यूरेसी सो इफ द एक्यूरेसी इज नॉट देयर देन ऑब्वियसली द ऑफस्प्रिंग और नॉट ऑफस्प्रिंग बट द replicated compound would be of different structure so these are the desired or the required traits of a replicator and now in the mid 20th centuries uh, 20th century we identified that this replicator is the dna 
which Mr. Dawkins very aptly termed as the immortal coils. Immortal means something which cannot be destroyed, something which survives. And so this DNA is surviving since the origin of life on Earth. Immortal coils. Coils because it is in the form of a double helix structure. Jiska picture aapne ya video aapne zarur dekha hoga. So this DNA which is in every cell of the body and there are close to uh, on an average 30 trillion cells in human body, in an average human body. So this average human body is nothing but a survival machine for the DNA which is present in every cell of that survival machine. So now we say that humans are the most complex and nuanced sort of uh, survival machines on earth. They are the supercomputers of life. So what, what makes us unique? The basically we can describe it as that we are conscious being conscious. So then the next question comes that how do we define our consciousness? So somewhere down the evolutionary line, major stress was major stress or major emphasis started to happen on the development of a central coordinating mechanism of an organism. Now, which is the central coordinating mechanism? Jo ek organ, jo puri body ko control karta hai, that is the brain. So, over a period of time in evolution, this evolved. The, 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 the evolution started to uh, emphasize or it started to get into more complexity of brain structure and that is what led to the evolution of human beings and the distinctive features which the human brain has can be summed up as following first of all we can do simulation uh, simulation means that we could run through different kind of uh, scenarios in our brain so even even let's say you don't actually perceive a visual sense or a, a sound or a taste but you can simulate different scenarios that if this then what so that is the unique trait of humans human brain similarly imagination so using our brains we can imagine and we can construct a story which obviously other animals cannot the third most powerful feature of the human survival machine is the memory so primarily we rely on our memory a lot so that helps us in a way to navigate the life and death situations because through memory uh, we have the prior knowledge as to how to react in a particular situation and the fourth is the prediction so based on memory and based on imagination, we are very good at predicting things. So that's what makes us human the most complex survival machine uh, on earth. So what? Uh, so this is like the basic uh, things which Mr. Dawkins discusses uh, in before he gives his specific views and his specific approach or theory as to how he um, develops his argument of the selfish gene so let's take a quick break and then we will further discuss what different arguments dr dawkins suggest in his wonderful book the selfish gene welcome back friends it's very amazing to know that even different creatures, mammals or sea animals uh, display profoundly selfish behavior. For example, Dr. Dawkins referred to blackhead gulls. So this, this kind of bird, what it does is that they nest, these birds nest close to each other. Or jab padosi wala jo chidiya hai, uskya dhyan nahi hota hai. तो वह उनके घोंसले में जाकर एक जो चिक है चूजा है उसको निगल जाता है सो दिस लाइक 
uh, I mean, this more than just selfish. This is outrightly you are stealing and killing someone. So you do find such selfish behavior in birds and animals. Second is even more horrifying. So there's this insect called praying mantis. And what happens here is that the female eats the male during copulation. So it's like while they are copulating and producing an, off, uh, producing an offspring, the female destroys the male one. So uh, kind of selfish, uh, more than just selfish behavior. And there's another very fascinating example of emperor penguins whose video you must have seen on TV. They reside in groups on the ice and what they do is like when they have to finally jump into the water, they don't do it and they are waiting for the person or not I mean the next penguin to them to jump and they also sometimes push each other. And why do they do so? Because it's likely that in the sea, in the water, there might be seal who who may and they might become a prey to it. So in order to ensure this safety, what they do is they throw each other first to just to check. So if the uh, if the penguin survives, that means that the sea is safe. So there are these selfish uh, behaviors exhibited by lesser creatures as well. And there are also altruistic examples, examples of altruistic behavior wherein a particular creature is apne swarth ke liye nahi behave karta pratit hota hai but uh, he seems to help out the others in his population so the stinging bee is a very classic example which is given of altruistic behavior because agar aap madhumakhi ka jo chhatta hai usme if you try to or if any any creature tries to approach it the bees sting to wo kaatti hai dank maarti hai but the, pers the the bee which is stinging doesn't survive long because in the process of doing so, they lose their st uh, sting and a crucial body part. So they don't survive after that. And many birds do a distraction display of sorts. Distraction display as in ki maan lije bird hai aur usne uske chuse hai uske ghosle mein and if a predator is coming their way what the bird does is that it limps away uh, signifying that it may not be uh, it's weak and it tries to distract the prey so as to uh, move move him or her away from the nest and her eggs Let us remind ourselves that we are looking at evolution from the perspective of gene and we are calling it selfish gene but that doesn't mean that a certain gene has a, a conscious decision maker of its own. What we are saying is that in nature and through evolution what happens is those set of genes tend to populate the ecosystem who exhibit certain selfish traits or behavior in their survival machine which is the organism. So let us try to understand this concept through the phenomena of aggression. Agar organism selfish hai, that means it has to work for himself or herself and there that means that it has to show a certain aggressive traits in order to hunt for food in order to search for food in order to mark its territory so how does aggression play out in nature so there can be two basic strategy the fight or flight response which is let's say ki ya to hum not hum but when I whenever I am using hum that means I am referring to a particular organism of any species be it birds or mammals but since our mind works through a human centric approach we tend to use 
uh, we tend to regard ourselves as the subject of our discussion so it can there can be flight or there can be fight flight means bhagjana uh, when there is let's say a conflict between two organisms one recedes or you commit yourself to fight so aggression is basically what we can term as the hawk and dove hawk is the chil ya baaz and dove is the uh, synonym for peace so the what what would be more stable so if we ask the question that in evolution which strategy either the hawk strategy or the dove strategy which strategy would be more useful now when we just simply by going by the definition of selfish gene we would say that aggression aggressive strategy might be more helpful because every organism is by default selfish so it is going to exhibit more aggressive strategy but that is not the case and here what mr dawkins uh, very comprehensively discusses and describe is that those strategy of behavior those behavioral strategies are stable which are you know which are evolutionary which are stable in the evolutionary sense so it's not as if ki the whole population would be aggressive or the whole population would be dove in a way not aggressive there would be an evolutionary stable strategy so let us say in a particular species there are 100 uh, individuals so they all would not be aggressive per se and there would be a certain balance certain percentage which would be more likely to exhibit aggressive behavior and a certain percentage which would be more likely to exhibit dove kind of behavior or non violent behavior and one particular ratio would be evolutionary stable because if that's uh, stable ratio is breached let's say the the gene for aggression becomes dominant and the whole population then primarily has that dominant uh, aggressive gene then what would happen see that would reflect that would reflect in the individual's behavior but one must realize that let's say if you have the aggressive gene the person in front of you also has an aggressive gene so there would be fight and there would be consequences of the fight you may lose the fight you may be badly uh, decap uh, i mean you you may lose your limbs you may be badly injured for life or you may even die so there are consequences attached to the aggressive fallout so let's say if everyone is aggressive you are not sure as to whether you are going to win the fight or not and obviously you will you are going to die so over a longer period of evolution what what that would tend to do as a population on the population as a whole is that the population would then become either uh, handicapped or so to say badly injured and then finally the population would die off or how would evolution cope up with that that the aggressive strategy is not working in all the times so the counter strategy would work so those genes which would not promote aggressive behavior would then start to play out in the evolution and hence finally there would be an evolutionary stable strategy so basically mr dawkins is using the game theory to understand evolution and explain it in very interesting way and you would be surprised well not surprised but there are not uh, exactly aggressive strategy is also not evolutionary stable neither is the dove strategy so neither the hawk that is the baaz ki strategy which is all aggression all through and through or the dove which is like docile calm non violent both don't both of the strategies are not evolutionary stable the evolutionary stable strategy which we find in organisms is the uh, retaliator strategy so retaliator strategy means that if somebody 
tries to attack you you retaliate that is the more more evolutionary stable strategy to follow so obviously now nobody is doing it consciously no gene is doing it consciously but in evolution it becomes the stable kind of norm in a population similarly uh, mr dawkins also explained the uh, concept of family planning so by default we want to propagate our genes or every organisms uh, knowingly or unknowingly wants that the particular gene pool which he carries should survive so it would lead to creation of offsprings so let's take the example of birds ek particular chidiya ko agar uske genes propagate karna hai to wo char ande hi kyun deti hai usko 10 ande dene chahiye usko 20 ande dene chahiye maybe usko zyada 50 ande dene chahiye 50 offspring create karna chahiye so obviously uh, there would be a gene which would in nature tell the bird or exhibit when the bird is mature enough or when the bird is mature to produce eggs to produce more and more eggs but then there is also the counter argument or the counter factor which is the limitation of food because if a bird is laying eggs and it it would also need to nurture those eggs so a lot of time and effort goes into the nurturing of the offspring so there that's the trade off between laying more eggs and nurturing more nurturing limited eggs again an evolutionary stable strategy would arrive because if the bird thinks ki okay i can lay four or okay maybe i can lay two more new eggs but then that would be dependent on the availability of food so if food is not available if she is not able to nurture it properly what that would be a waste of resource on her part so clutch size and number of offerings would also tend to then have a evolutionary stable strategies and accordingly those genes would be propagated in the gene pool similarly he also explains very persuasively that there is a battle of generation battle of generation as in the there is a there is a trade off between parent and the child so and a very fascinating insight is that we or all the organisms have inbuilt deception and cheating traits so now this may sound a bit uh, paradoxical that how can we have uh, cheating traits but yes we do so as a child we tend to deceive our parents and how does it happen in nature you can very well understand it by the concept by the example of again by a bird and its chicks so so a chick would uh, out of the group of in the nest would try to make scream loudest and why would it try to scream loudest because in that way he or she would get that attention of the parent and then they will feed him or her so maybe at times a chick is not so hungry but he shouts loudest much to the detriment of the other chicks बिकॉज ही हैज़ टू सर्वाइव ना अब आप इसको हमारे मनुष्य के लेवल पर ना देखें बिकॉज वी हैव आर डिफरेंट कल्चरल नॉर्म्स बट एक चूजे की हम अगर उसके दृष्टि से समझें तो उसको उसको सर्वाइव करना है और उसको सर्वाइव करने के लिए उस समय खाना चाहिए और खाना चाहिए के लिए उसको सबसे ज़्यादा जोर से चीखना पड़ेगा या उसकी जो चोंच है उसको सबसे ज़्यादा खोलना पड़ेगा या उसकी चोंच इतनी विजिबल हो उसका चिल्लाना इतना विजिबल हो कि पेरेंट आर more tempted to drop the food which they have brought into his mouth so those genetic traits which exhibit more profound ya prolonged uh, chirping abilities 
would then be dominant would then become dominant in evolution because और फिर वो कितने समय किस लेवल या क्या इवोल्यूशनरी स्टेबल होगा जहाँ पर ज़्यादा चिल्लाना या ज़्यादा डिसीव करना इन अ वे वॉट द चाइल्ड इज़ डूइंग इन दैट केस इज़ डिसीविंग बिकॉज वो इतना मे बी वो इतना हंगरी नहीं है बट ही और शी इज़ मेकिंग मोर नॉइस टू गैदर द अटेंशन ऑफ द पेरेंट सो द इवोल्यूशनरी स्टेबल स्ट्रैटी वुड लाई समवेयर बिटवीन द आइडियल चाइल्ड एंड द आइडियल पेरेंट ऑब्वियसली आइडियल चाइल्ड मतलब उसको जितनी भूख लग रही है वो उतना ही मुँह खोल रहा है उतनी ही आवाज़ लगा रहा है एंड उसके जो साथी हैं उसके जो सिबलिंग्स हैं सोटू से उनका नुकसान नहीं हो रहा है और सभी लोग प्रॉपर जितना उन्हें चाहिए उतना ही कम्युनिकेट कर रहे हैं एंड ऑन द अदर हैंड द पेरेंट इज़ ऑल्सो वेरी माइन्यूटली और वेरी एक्यूरेटली इज़ एबल टू जज कि किसको कितनी भूख है and they are able to give the apportion their food properly so the evolutionary stable strategy would lie somewhere between the ideal child strategy and an ideal parent strategy which brings us to wonder or to amaze that child is also programmed or he or she has the genes to for self deception and as well as to deceive others similarly the parent would also be programmed genetically to observe and catch deception and henceforth evolutionary stable strategy would lie somewhere between the ideal child strategy and the ideal parent strategy now in this case those chicks are related or let's say uh, there is a tiger and she has given she has given four offsprings so those siblings are related to each other how because they are from the same parent so half of them so they are in a way related to them by a factor of half so your brother sisters are related genetic in 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 terms of in terms of genes they are uh, half alike their brothers or sisters if you look at your first cousins your second cousins and your third cousins and then strangers so your genetic likeliness is reducing uh, considerably and and why this is important is because your altruistic behavior which you observe not only in animals and birds uh, that is dependent on the likeliness which you share genetically with that particular person so if you observe certain altruistic behavior in which a particular animal or a bird is helping out it would be dependent on this kind of genetic likability uh, likeliness which he or she say shares in the group but this is between brothers and sisters so to say what happens between the sexes in a way between you and the mating partner so that is also very interesting which Mr Dawkins refer as the battle of sexes because the person whom you are mating with finally he or she is not genetically related to you just like the your siblings or your cousins are so there are different strategies which are at play in in you in the mating strategy in the mating concept so mr dawkins very interestingly explains this and first of all he leads us to the more fundamental question that why are there sexes why is male and female because evolutionary when in 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 the evolutionary sense in the initial stages of when life started there were certain uh, organisms which were sexless so which were known as isogametes and he explains all those things so over a period of time again he is uh, what happened is that we evolved different uh, sexes as to say so so what is the different sexual features primarily in mammals we uh, associate it with the different set of organs that female and females have certain organs which are different and male have certain organs which are different but at the end of the day 
in evolutionary terms if we look at the sexes could be classified as the sex cells of males are much smaller and female sex uh, cells which is the egg is much larger so somewhere in the evolutionary line this distinction started happening that the sex cells of males started to become smaller and smaller and more numerous and the female sex cells to so to say or one set of sex cells become bigger and bigger and immobile so to say which became the kind of egg so you have sperms and you have eggs the sperms are the male uh, sex cells and the egg is the female sex cell uh, so so that is how evolution through evolution this distinction happened and accordingly what there were different sexual strategies evolved now ab chuki jo male sex cells hain sperms hain they are small and more uh, dynamic and more mobile what it does is that it lead to the concept or evolution of different breeding systems okay so evolutionary terms mein agar hum soche ya gene ke perspective se hum soche so what would be the what would be the desired output that males would try to propagate their gene pool and females would try to propagate their gene pool and there is a conflict in it when what is the conflict uh, conflict is that male and female would want to maximize their total reproductive output during their lives because uske basis par uh, they the their their gene pool would survive but chuki unke biological difference hai size mein aur mobility mein uh, male ka और फीमेल का सो दिस लीड्स टू डिफरेंट सेक्शुअल स्ट्रैटेजीज सो प्राइमरीली इट्स लाइक मेल्स की उसमें अगर हम देखें तो रिक्वायरमेंट कम है क्योंकि एट द एंड ऑफ द डे फीमेल्स कैरी द न्यू बॉर्न द न्यू ऑर्गेनिज्म इन इट्स एग सो द वेन द स्पर्म फर्टिलाइज द एग इट द फीमेल कैरीज इट जनरली दैट्स वॉट द केस इज एंड फीमेल नर्चर्स इट्स तो फीमेल का इन्वेस्टमेंट रिप्रोडक्शन में काफ़ी ज़्यादा है मैन सो टू से आर एक्सपेंडेबल एंड हेंस दे आर मोर लाइकली टू इन ह्यूमन शब्दों में कहें तो दे आर मोर लाइकली टू गो एंड प्रोपोगेट देयर प्रोजेनी विथ डिफरेंट फीमेल्स दे आर मोर आई मीन बायोलॉजिकली वन कैन आर्ग्यू दैट दे आर मोर लाइकली टू बी इनफिडल्स इनफिडिलिटी वुड बी द अगर हम ह्यूमन भाषा में बोलें तो बायोलॉजिकली इनहरेंट इन मेल्स सो टू काउंटर दैट एंड सी जो फीमेल फीमेल एग है वॉट इज इट इज इट इज ऑफ लार्जर साइज इट इज इमोबाइल एंड इट इज ब्रिंगिंग अ लॉट ऑफ फूड एंड रिसोर्स टू नर्चर द ऑफ स्प्रिंग so and male can propagate its uh, sperm and fertilize multiple females in a his lifetime but same is not true for female so what does the female uh, do it primarily follows the two sexual strategies one we can term as the large investment strategy and second we can call as the small investment strategy so large investment is the honest strategy and small investment is the exploitative strategy so what does it mean is ki ya to wo agar hum common bhasha mein samajhna chahe to ek he man strategy ho sakti hai females ki and domestic bliss strategy ho sakti hai females ki सो ही मैन स्ट्रेटेजी क्या होगी ही मैन स्ट्रेटेजी ये होगी कि हम जो अल्फा मेल है आप उसकी स्पीशीज़ में उसको हम आइडेंटिफाई कर लें बिकॉज ही हैज़ प्रूवन हिमसेल्फ थ्रू हिज फिज़िकल प्रोवेस थ्रू हिज फिज़िकल या विजिबल फीचर्स एंड थ्रू ही हैज़ कॉपुलेटेड सो मैनी फीमेल्स इन देयर स्पीशीज सो इट्स बेटर टू गो विद द सेम मैन नॉट मैन दैट सेम Uh, male 
that same alpha male in that particular species so this leads to a different breeding system which is evolutionary stable in that species like the seals so seals have their seals there is an emperor seal and there is a harem of female seals and that emperor seal guards very zealously uska jo harem hai female mada seals ka और कोई एक चैलेंजर आता है तो वो बकायदा उससे लड़ता है उसको हरा देता है और अपने हैरम को लूज नहीं होने देता है सो वन एम्पर सील इज इन अ वे पॉपुलेटिंग हंड्रेड फीमेल सील और इसके काउंटर में एक डोमेस्टिक ब्लिस स्ट्रैटेजी होगी जो हमको कई सारी बर्ड्स में देखने को मिलती है जिसमें एंड वॉट इज डोमेस्टिक ब्लिस स्ट्रैटेजी फॉलोड बाई फीमेल इज लाइक शी डजेंट कंसीड्स to mate and reproduce all of a sudden so what what the female is trying to do is she is trying to extract some investment out of the male so she would ask to or the male counterpart to first make uh, a nest to gather food resources and to delay the final reproductive act so in a way to make the male also invested in the procreation so that is the kind of two different strategies which would evolve now obviously <coughs> every species would have its own evolutionary stable strategy so to say as we discussed seals would have a different breeding system there would also be monogamy there would also be promiscuity <coughs> so it's very fascinating as to how the world or the life which we see around us has evolved and also in the sexual strategies which we have discussed ecological circumstances would also determine so because if there is a greater availability of food that would lead to some different sort of balance between uh, the strategies followed by males and females now let's take a quick break and then we would primarily discuss as to what mr dawkins wrote about humans because we are unique and what makes us unique and what was the word he coined which in my view is the most popular word as of now i think he coined it the for the first time because i haven't seen any other reference for this word so what is that word let's read and discuss about it Welcome back friends. So, what makes humans so special? So, somewhere down the evolutionary path, the modern humans, uh, modern human species, which is the Homo sapiens, in a way got delinked from the regular evolution and started embarking on a cultural evolution, so to say. The natural evolution is a very very slow process so it works over generations and centuries and then particular mutation occurs and a new life form uh, evolves very slowly whereas cultural evolution works at a rate which is much faster than genetic evolution so modern humans delinked from the genetic evolution through their propagation of culture and the word which i was referring to which is the most common word nowadays on social media is meme m e m e meme so now we tend to associate meme in the current times with a visual joke or a forward so to say so there is a catchy line and it is accompanied by a visual which makes you laugh that is a meme for most of the students i believe but meme is more deeper than this and richard dawkins in his book i believe coined it for the first time the word meme comes from a greek uh, a greek word my meme uh, and which can be any idea or sentence or maybe slogan or tune or a catchphrase it might be cloth uh, or a certain style or a fashion which 
gets propagated across population so what is meme doing it is actually a cultural tool which all or the majority of population gets associated with so memes propagate themselves by leaping from brain to brain broadly through imitation imitation means humans are best at imitation and that is what is their power because i can learn by observing you and imitating you and you can learn by observing and imitating me so currently what we are doing is you are listening to me and you i am communicating to you through a language either english or hindi language is like the most uh, unique and the most significant development which kind of propagated the cultural uh, evolution in humans why because through language we conceptualize ideas and those ideas could then be transferred from one person to the next and to the next and finally everyone knows about that idea so you will always find that certain ideas have had a great hold on humans across cultures such as let's say the idea of god so why does the idea of god is so powerful and i believe it will continue to remain powerful even you know in current times which we are in that people are now starting to have some certain disbeliefs as why such massive pandemic has occurred on us but i still believe that the idea of god would remain powerful in near future so basically what it is somewhere in history somewhere in the times where cultural uh, evolution started or cultural propagation started this idea of god could be conceptualized as a meme because what it does is it it aids in the survival value of those group of humans who back in those days because it has a very profound psychological appeal if there is a phenomena which you are not able to decipher or explain or if there is a personal loss it all can be explained through the idea of god and hence it is such a powerful tool a cultural tool which has a lot of survival value so memes can be tune memes can be song memes can be jumla memes can be uh, nare memes can be anything which catches the attention of a majority of population and so what mr dawkins very persuasively say is that if you really wish to see uh, if you really wish to leave your mark what you should do is to create memes which would be culturally significant even after you are dead so let's say you may have an offspring you may marry someone and you might have one or two or maybe three offsprings maybe four as well if somebody is so uh, interested <coughs> but over a period of over few generations all your genes would then be lost not in a sense they would become redundant but if you create some work of art or literature or certain ideas which would then propel uh, humanity or those would be remembered and it might help humanity to progress further so that would in that way you can promote or propagate your legacy in a much larger way as compared to the biological way of procreating one or two offsprings so that is how he brings the concept of meme and cultural evolution in case of humans because <clears throat> there are certain cultural practices which are, which might go against the inherent evolutionary traits so it's like we can control our let's say what we discussed so we discussed that inherently we are selfish beings because every organism is by default designed in that way but we will in cultures we will find certain biggest example of altruistic behavior primarily in regards to the parent child relation of humans 
that is the biggest altruistic example in which parents sacrifice a lot in regards to uh, their offspring and celibacy if you look at now celibacy what based on what we have discussed seems completely uh, anti-evolutionary so to say because if genes are, those genes are propagated in uh, nature which helps or which propagates themselves reproductive uh, proficiency then uh, celibacy seems to be completely opposite trait so genes for celibacy would not be evolutionary stable so to say if based on the understanding which we have but that is a part of the cultural uh, propagation so the religion different set of religion and and different school of thoughts promote celibacy so so that if that idea gets propagated that is through the cultural uh, propagation of memes so this is how we uh, understand the selfish the concept of selfish gene obviously this is an old book but a very profound one and the larger point what i would like to make is that evolutionary biology and behavioral psychology to an extent are very fascinating and a lot of research and a lot of good books have been written in the last a uh, couple of decades a lot of uh, fascinating research is going on both in these fields and it gives us tremendous insights as to how complex uh, humans are and they have inherent biases and they have inherent prejudices and they are they are not they are not one type they may act differently they may think differently they may think differently today they may think altogether differently tomorrow so these are all fascinating aspects of human nature which we discern through our readings of evolutionary uh, biology and behavioral psychology so one should read and try to ascertain how we could navigate human conflicts through insights from this subjects because at the end of the day when you read you become more humble and you realize that this earth is not just for humans you just happen to be uniquely placed and extremely lucky to have the kind of life which you are enjoying as of now so let's make the most of it and let's make the most for every one of us that is what would make us human so let's be humble let's be empathetic and let's use our intellect and amazing powers of our brain to better ourselves and to better everyone and enrich everyone's life thank you